Welcome to Plant Medicine Transmissions with Javier Regueiro. Hello everybody and welcome back to Plant Medicine Transmissions. My name is Javier Regueiro. In the last uh, episode of this podcast, we explored a little bit the dynamics of control, of inner control and its projections onto the world. I also briefly talked about freedom and I would like to explore further this theme. Like I mentioned, freedom is not dependent on external circumstances and factors, but is really an inner state of mind. So what are the factors that keep us enslaved? One of them is our desires, but for me, more importantly, we are slaves to our own fears. In Western and Indian spiritualities and religions, there is a strong emphasis on the deleterious effects of desire. And these disciplines oftentimes condemn desire and warn us against the pursuit of desire. Because, indeed, uh, we are often slaves of our desires. We are willing to do anything or most things in order to fulfill our desires. This, though, as far as I'm concerned, also stems from a heavy prejudice against the flesh, against the body, against our most basic, so to speak, animal instinct. Starting with Buddhism in uh, 600 before current era and with what is still labeled as the first noble truth of the Buddhist doctrine, which is life is suffering, we have created disciplines and religions to help us transcend, move beyond this earthly life in order to find either liberation or a refuge from this reality, this earthly reality. Well, like I said elsewhere in a recording called Healing the Wounded Feminine, which if you haven't listened to yet, I highly recommend that you do. As far as I'm concerned, this statement, life is suffering, is the most superficial statement ever uttered about life. And unfortunately, it's a statement, it's a belief that has become perhaps the most popular belief in both the Orient and the West. As a result of this 
prejudice against life as we experience it. We have come up with all of these attitudes and disciplines and whatnots in order to run away, in order to spiritually bypass all of this supposed suffering. So one thing is we are slaves to our desires, yes, but most importantly, we are slaves to our own fears. We can see this happening now where the fear of getting sick, the fear of dying is pushing, has pushed and keeps pushing people to behave in ways that are actually not always that intelligent. We are willing to believe anything under the threat of dying. And we are willing to implement any kind of behavior in order to avoid that experience of dying. Now, the fear of dying, the fear of getting sick, the fear of getting old are at the very core of this fear-based nucleus. There are many, many other kinds of fears. Most importantly, I would like to mention is the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of betrayal. And uh, from these fears, because we hardly ever acknowledge them and embrace them, what we do is we come up with strategies, we come up with desires that are meant to compensate for those fears. And by the way, every desire has a component of resistance. In this world of duality, as I pointed out in other episodes of this podcast, every desire has also a counterpart of resistance. A very simple example. Somebody may want to become rich, a millionaire. Great. And they are aware that the fulfillment of that desire is so that they can drive around in a fancy car, in fancy clothes, and so on and so forth. What this person is reluctant to acknowledge is the fact that the desire to be rich also has a resistance component. That resistance may be a fear of starving, a fear of not being able to care and provide for their loved ones. So every desire has also a resistance. And when we acknowledge both sides of the coin, then we get a better picture of our psychic inner landscape. So to explore the resistances behind our desires is a wonderful way of becoming better aware of our fears. In my work with plant medicines, I always direct people towards the exploration of their fears because fear is what motivates us more than anything else. Therefore, we are slaves 
of our fears. We are not masters of our fears until we face our fears. There are people right now who are being very fearful and uh, they project their fears onto the world by complaining about governments and this and that instead of going inside and actually embracing that part of themselves that holds these fears. So I may sound a little repetitive and boring because I don't speak about other dimensions and whatnot. But if we want true liberation, then that liberation only can occur when we liberate ourselves from our deepest fears. And here, plant medicines are most helpful in supporting us facing, feeling, and integrating those fears. Why do I keep beating this drum? Because from what I've been observing in our world in the last three months, I can see that there is no actual shift in our world yet. What I see is simply an accentuation of an old paradigm that actually no longer works for any of us except for those people who benefit from it. We are not only at the very end of this Kali Yuga, this era of disintegration, destruction, and amnesia. But also, we are still in transition from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. Even though we have entered that age of Aquarius since uh, the creation of the musical hair, we are still in transition. And like my friend, the uh, astrologer then first, who unfortunately died last year, wrote about in his book, Surfing the Wave of Aquarius, at the very end of each astrological age, what we witness is an accentuation of the most, so to speak, negative aspects of that age. So we are experiencing still very dense times, very dense ways of thinking. This transition is not happening overnight. By looking at the ways that we are dealing with this pandemic, we can see that we are still in a very old-school paradigm. What is that old paradigm? First of all, that paradigm is about projecting out into the world our fears instead of owning them. We keep coming up with terrible enemies, threats of all kinds, and our reaction to them is to kill them. Instead of actually seeing those threats that we create ourselves as an expression 
of our own inner landscape. This virus is only the last in a long series of such threats. And uh, there will be more. There will be more until we change inside ourselves. Until we let go of this attitude that the threat is outside ourselves and the only way to remain safe is by limiting and destroying that which we perceive as a threat. Of course, governments and whoever else are doing their best to limit this pandemic, but their methods are truly old-fashioned. And in our present global situation, we'll find out that they are no longer effective because they don't really address who we are and who, what our human society has become in the last few decades. This attitude of killing, of destroying any pathogen, any threat that may come our way is part of a scientific and medical model that is no longer viable unless it is implemented at great, great cost. That great cost, we can see it now, is quarantine, indefinite quarantine, sanitation measures that are, as far as I'm concerned, neurotic, exaggerated, because when the threat is perceived as coming from outside, then there is infinite possibilities for such threat to become real. It's interesting that our authorities have not once, as far as I'm aware of, spoken about ways to improve our immune system. The problem is simply a virus. The problem is not the fact that as modern people, as people living in large urban developments, that our health has steadily declined in the last few decades. We are still being very proud of the fact that our human life has become more extended as a result of scientific progress. There is such a thing as a longer lifespan, but that is mostly due to better, or rather than better, bigger nutrition. Many people on this earth are eating more, and therefore their physical bodies are capable of living longer. But we can see how the quality of our lives has not improved. We suffer from ailments that were not even known to humanity until a hundred years ago. And we are not willing globally to admit 
the fact that we are feeding ourselves with garbage, with food that is contaminated from waters that are contaminated, air and soil that are contaminated by our very own agricultural and industrial practices. It is very ironic that in these quarantine times, with the largest part of our industries on standby, that we are managing, even in these times of quarantine, we are managing to poison the earth just as usual by dumping into the earth, into the water, huge amounts of chemical antibacterials. We have been praising since World War II antibacterial substances. Cleanliness is one of the essentials of health. And to a certain degree, it is true. But this excess, what we never talk about, is where do these chemicals end up? Where do these antibacterials, antiseptics that we use in hospitals, at home, in uh, raising our cattle, where does it end? Well, we end up eating it. It's not only something that we use to wash our hands. Eventually, that antibacterial chemical will get into our bodies with very bad consequences. Our immune systems are severely compromised. We have become increasingly weak as human beings. But we keep praising and worshipping an idol, the idol of Western medicines and science, even though these idols are surely killing us. Now, what is important to remember is that all of this, what is happening on this planet, is meant to happen. All of this devastation, increased control, wild overpopulation, economic crises, all of that is simply the way in which this Kali Yuga, this time of destruction, is manifesting itself. There are no bad guys and no bad girls either. These agencies, these people, are simply being part of a cosmic design. They're simply the agents of this destruction that will make the space for a rebirth. At the very beginning of the quarantine, I spent a good couple of weeks, I'll be honest, at times getting upset and blaming, blaming governments and this and that for the present situation. And each time I fell into that trap of blaming, I had to make an effort and remind myself that these were not 
guilty of anything, that they're simply playing a necessary role in the greater cycle of creation, of birth, of growth, of decay, and dying. But as I observe in the world, we are far from an important shift in consciousness and in action in the world. Therefore, it's important there will be more devastation. There will be more loss. Loss in terms of personal freedom, loss in terms of freedom of movement, this and that, whatever. And I'm not here to make predictions. It's simply that until we learn and start implementing different attitudes and different actions, we are going to face the same situation, only worse. So this is a very important time for each one of us to look at our own fears, to look at our own attachment to our desires, because our own personal freedom depends on it. And possibly for some years to come, those liberties may be reduced, impaired, or destroyed completely. What we can do proactively is to walk in integrity, to walk in alignment with our own deepest truths. And instead of going into a fear-induced amnesia, to keep remembering what and who really matters in our lives and what our highest values may be. The last thing, since clearly we only have the present time, the present moment to do so, is to gently become aware of our procrastination dynamics. We may not have a tomorrow. We only have now and this present moment is full of infinite possibilities. If we only take advantage of it, if we only truly appreciate the blessings that the present moment offer us and the blessings that our lives offer us. Blessings.